Hey everybody, welcome to the DeFi Mafia podcast. David here, I'm here with Dylan and Mike. We're going to talk a little bit of macro, Super Bowl recap, and then probably get into Cosmos ecosystem a bit, because that's kind of the, the hot thing right now. And uh, we've been deep diving researching on it this week. How you guys doing? Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, good, good. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, can't complain. Sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Doing pretty good. Can't complain. How's your guys' Super Bowl weekend? Do you enjoy the commercials? Honestly, yeah, this yeah. was like the most tuned in I was to the Super Bowl in the last few years. Just because I was like, all right, I do kind of, I want to see the commercials. I want to see, I want to see what's up. Same, dude. Honestly, the commercials I thought were pretty good. I, 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 there was, yeah. like, there was, I'm pretty sure there was a big backlash last year where everyone was like, yeah, all these suck, and now this year, yeah, came back and we're actually yeah. pretty decent. Because last year was with like peak COVID, and it was like max, like sappy like nurses in hospitals and all that stuff. And it's like, come on, we're watching the Super Bowl here. We're watching a football game. Can we not like just have yeah. like this shoved down our throat? Uh, on the crypto commercials, I'm just glad. I don't think any of them were bad. Um, they weren't cringe. They, that was like the biggest fear. The biggest fear is like, oh God, please don't do some cringe commercial that lots of people are going to make fun of crypto. Like, what, what was your guys' rankings? We have Coinbase, FTX, uh, who's the other one? Um, Crypto.com. Crypto.com. And then technically eToro, which is a hybrid because they do stocks too. If you were to rank the four, what, let, let's go, Dylan, you go first. Your top ranking order. Hmm. Um. All right. I'm going to give you – actually, all right. No, I, I think it, FTX, Coinbase, Crypto.com. I, I, but here's what I'll say. I actually mm-hmm. think Coinbase, Coinbase is much more clever. Yes, than I agree. FTX is. FTX, but you cannot deny one how good Larry David is. You can't fade Larry David. You, you okay? can't fade Larry you David. You can't fade Larry David. I'm sorry. Yeah, he he did um, like a he did like a racist Asian accent incredibly on a Super Bowl. I can't believe he got away with that. But hey, he's Larry David, so you know he gets away with it. It, it was great. It was great. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you cannot say Larry David. Uh, so they they nailed that aspect. But I do think Coinbase is much much more clever, and uh, just like you know, I don't know. I don't want to say took more thought, but like definitely was more interesting. Uh, so, but but the one thing I want to add to that is the fact that the public views the Larry David one clearly as the winner, which I think is the case. Well, I'll say this on the Coinbase side, as far as effectiveness of like getting people to go to your thing, they said they got 20 million people to scan the QR code, which is pretty damn good. It's true. a lot of people. I saw a crash, which doesn't help, but I forget exactly where it was, but I think it was 150th or 160th in the app store. And then it went the second after that. So Mm -hmm. no, they, they killed it on that front. So honestly, I think it's arguable, but like I said, the reason why I put FTX over it it's just because i think the public perception was maybe slightly higher of that ad mike what do you think yeah in terms of marketing i thought coinbase i, I would have put coinbase number one to be honest if their web if they if their website didn't like crash yeah honestly it's like yo, you're gonna put, pump this much money into your advertisement and then it's just not <laughs> gonna work like but uh, someone was one, joking that like FTX was DDoSing Coinbase so that it would go down while all these people are <laughs> going to their site. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised to be honest. Uh, <laughs> number one, FTX. Number two, honestly, crypto.com. 
I thought that they were going to do something kind of corny, but it ended up being like just the right amount of like, you know, like just, you know, I don't know how to explain Dude, it, but it, it was just it's, good. You didn't even... It's you bold even... to go with the uh, the CGI LeBron. That's like you got to nail that. That's tough. They had a good CGI budget on that because it it could have looked terrible. That's like the risk with that, but it looked it looked genuinely good. So I'll give them credit. Yeah, you, you kind of didn't even know it was uh, you kind of didn't even know it was a crypto ad for a little bit. No, you did not at all. It, I remember watching it and I was like. Oh, what what is this? And then I was like, oh, this. I thought it was a Nike ad at first, honestly, because obviously LeBron's with Nike. And uh, I, I got like, it oh. when he was like the future is crunk when he was when they're talking. Yeah, 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 future. yeah. But like when I first, it was just yeah, him yeah. in his in a bedroom, right? And it was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. this seems like like it's like some Nike ad or something. And it's like, okay, they're pretty good overall. Yeah, no, no cringe. That is the key. There was no cringe. There was nothing for people to dunk on. The board ape ad that was supposed to happen. I don't know what happened with that. There was no board ape ad. Snoop Dogg was there, who like is works with Adidas. And does Snoop Dogg have a board ape? I think he does, right? Or does he have a crypto punk? I don't even remember. I think he's a, lot, he's a lot of shit. Or maybe he has everything. I don't even know. But he didn't do anything. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened with that. Board apes got rugged. Sorry, rest in peace. But that's okay because that was like the cringe that I was waiting for. I was like, oh god, don't have some lame board ape commercial that everybody's gonna just dunk on crypto for so yeah overall uh i i mean i'll give credit i give like a solid nine out of ten overall to the crypto community on those commercials agree how about the halftime show it was pretty sick yeah it was good it was good it was honestly like maybe i'm biased because i actually like listen to that music versus like i don't know like when they have like shakira or whatever shakira's cool i don't i don't really listen to shakira so you know i'm not like enthused when she's on there but yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about 50 Cent, though. Do you guys oh, see that yeah. meme? Do you guys yeah, see that yeah. meme? <laughs> oh, that was which, the best. Which one? Which one? The you know, one of the inflation <laughs> getting know. to him, 99 Cent. Kanye, like, tweeted a picture of him. Oh, it was great. Oh, Kanye, yeah. by the way. Kanye stole the show this weekend, too. We don't need to get into that. But, like, just Kanye's meme game is is at an all-time high. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it it's higher than Bitcoin right now. I mean, it is just... My, uh... My favorite was the the did you guys see the upside down SpongeBob guy in, in the arena and it's you know it's Fifty Cent but it's like this oh, like yeah he, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> it was great we got this on the screen right now oh this is so good there are too many memes bro too many memes yeah Fifty Fifty got wrecked honestly. yeah wrecked poor guy I mean honestly how long do you think he was like hanging upside down like waiting like uh, his his the blood was like rushing to his head. I don't really blame him for looking kind of bloated because I don't know. Probably a good 30, 40 seconds. At yeah, least. right. Probably. At least. <laughs> anyways, anyways, we'll move on. Super Bowl was good. Super Bowl was good. Um, let's All talk right. about macro a little bit. Uh, we yeah. got like Canada, Ukraine. Where do you want to start? Yeah, uh, here. we. I want to talk about Russia and Ukraine. I have some stuff to talk about right, there. Let's do it. So, okay, yeah, right. Like that's been spooking the markets, right? Everybody's been all concerned. Uh, oil has been uh, running it up lately. Uh, everyone was kind of worried about $100 oil. Uh, I give actually, the oil chart on there. Look at the oil is up. Just search down, oil. It should come up. It came down 3% today. Oil India, LTD. Uh, at, look at futures. Oh, look at the futures. I forget. I don't know. I don't remember the tickers. Micro crude oil. Yeah, crude oil. Crude oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, I used to know this it's, stuff. It's, it's down three percent. Um, but it's been like, I mean, honestly, it's been kind of up. It's only. been up only. It's been up only. No, no, no. Ever since December, like oil and energy has basically been counter trading uh, uh, beta high beta tech stocks lately. So, anyways, what I was gonna say was um, Russia, Ukraine has been part of that, right? Russia's like you know the the biggest supplier of natural gas to Europe. Uh, there's like a dynamic going on there where, <clears throat> excuse me, Russia is building a pipeline for Germany to supply them to make it a lot more efficient for them to have gas. So that's kind of why we like can't mess with Russia because Germany needs their pipe. Anyways, point being, that's been spooking the markets, right? Everyone's been kind of worried about that. And oil going up is not good for, for tech stocks. Um, and obviously it's like, you know, bad for inflation and stuff but what i was gonna say was uh now it's kind of coming out that like the russia ukraine stuff is like kind of just been a spoof like basically putin said he wants nothing to do with it uh and that he had a meeting last week where, where he touched on it where he's he said there will be no winners but then the other thing i thought this was hilarious uh i, I shared this in one of our ch- chats today was the ukrainian president was basically he's just trolling people he's just now he's trolling he's trolling the west because basically the basically the west is provoking this war right they're like saying oh it's all there we go there's the oil chart um you can see yeah up only um but we had a little dip today but anyways uh so the west is saying oh russia's gonna invade russia's gonna invade they're taking a- action to you know uh you know prepare for that on their end and um excuse me and now russia's like yo chill like we're not planning on invading but then okay so the ukrainian president he's like show me proof show me proof to the cia that this is happening because he doesn't see it so he's like Where, what the hell and then they don't have anything or they don't show him anything so then he's like oh yeah um the russians are gonna invade wednesday for whatever the, but and this is I'll, I'll stop this rant after this but point being uh he basically said this in a very sarcastic tone but then the west comes and yeah, yeah. portrays it like oh no now they're, they're gonna right. you know he, so he's just toying because sarcasm like, doesn't you know translate that well across uh cross language that can yeah. be an issue yeah like i was watching a cnn report not something i do very often but uh on this earlier today and, you know, the guy from Ukraine reporting on it was saying that. He was like, yeah, you know, like the woman reporting from America initially is all like frightened and like, oh, no, oh, no. And then he's like, well, actually, like he was kind of messing with y'all. <laughs> like, just- Yeah. And then what's up with like the, the PBS news correspondent from the U.S. like last Friday, right, was like Russia is invading tonight. And nothing happened. I mean, it's like we've had like five different false uh, Russia invasion stories in the last week, and it hasn't happened. And honestly, I mean, Putin's been pretty clear. He said uh, Russia cannot join NATO. And I don't think oh, I'm sorry, not Russia. Ukraine can't join NATO. And I think, you know, yeah, no, they shouldn't join NATO. Uh, first of all, I think, you know, it's a very complicated thing. People are like, I, I don't think most people and 
I don't either understand the full background or history of this whole thing because uh, this goes back a long time. Like Ukraine is not a country that is kind of real in a sense. I'm not trying to like say that it's a country, but basically it was post-World War One. I, I believe. It was formed by the West and it used to be a part of Russia and now it's not. And there's plenty of people in Ukraine who still identify as Russian and speak Russian and have family in Russia. Uh, and there's lots of people in Ukraine who want to become a part of Russia. And then obviously you have like separatists in Ukraine who do not want to be a part of Russia. Uh, all, all these complicated things. And quite frankly, I think it's not the U.S.'s business and we don't need to be sending troops and we don't need to be going to war over, uh, you know, a territory dispute. Uh, I just think it's not our business and we got our own issues to deal with. I, I don't understand why we're constantly. But also, like, why are we provoking? Like, I, well, I mean, we, I think we know the answer. It's we're like not going to get into games. politics. Yeah, not... I mean, it's just power games. That's really what it is. It's very odd, though. Like, I don't know. Uh, the, the constant Russia harassment from from the left is very it's a very odd thing. I don't I don't really understand. Yeah. It feels like there are a lot bigger problems at home and in other places that we should care about more. But it's OK. We don't need to touch on that. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, we're not macro experts. Go listen elsewhere all. for that. But um, as far as crypto markets go, um, I don't think it's affected that much, quite frankly. On no, but Friday, now, it's, there now was... it's good for the markets, right? Because now the the fear is starting yeah. to, you know, yeah. basically everyone. Someone posted a, a chart from when the U.S. invaded Kuwait. Or, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, from when Iraq invaded Kuwait. And then it was like, oh, U.S. is going to go to war with Iraq, blah, 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 way back then. And uh, basically the news of the invasion caused a big dump. But by the time the war actually started, the market had completely rallied and it went up like 70%. From then, it was, I think it was NASDAQ or, yeah, I think it was NASDAQ, this chart. And uh, it kind of like shows, like, yeah, a lot of times these are like feared news events. And then once the market realizes, like, oh, okay, it's not as big of a deal as we thought, things go back to normal. Because uh, yeah. I mean, on Friday, there was like a slight pullback in markets, but it got eaten up pretty quickly uh, once it was like, oh, okay, nothing happened. And this week has been up. So, I mean, I don't think. I don't think I don't think it's a big deal, honestly. Even if it actually happens at this point, it, it's totally dependent on like the U.S. response. Obviously, like if the U.S. just says, "All right, uh, you know, you guys deal with it," then I don't think markets are going to react. Now, if you know Biden says, "All right, we're going to fucking send troops to Ukraine," that's a totally different story. So that's kind of the big unknown. If I, I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet that's not going to happen. I don't think we're going to get involved with troops. We might have some like financial support or something, but that's probably about it. Is my guess. Any other thoughts on Ukraine, Russia? Uh, no, Mike. Not really. I mean, I don't. I honestly don't really look too much into that sh that stuff. I mean, you guys tell me a lot of a lot about it. I don't really let it affect like what I'm doing in terms of like crypto market trading. Yeah, I mean, there's those big events that could definitely impact the market, but at the same time, man, it's like. I don't know. I feel like, I feel, especially with ec economics, you see all these people on the timeline talking and like pulling these fat, like these charts and all these little things. And it's like you hear Taleb. Oh, yeah. we, we've been talking about it a lot. Like Taleb, Taleb, is that how you say his last name? Taleb? Yeah. And Nicholas Nassim Taleb. Yeah. Yeah. He talks a lot about it, about economics and how it's like, yeah, you can, I mean, you can find anything that fits your bias, dude, especially right. in macroeconomics. Shit. So I, I try not to, 
um, look too hard into it. Yeah, Rob Powell tweeted too. He's like, he, he tweeted a joke thread. He goes, I've been trading macro for like 30 years. Here's my lesson on how to trade like, uh, I think like uh, w- potential war events or something like that. And he just basically said, you don't. Like that was it. Like he's like, you just don't know. There's the like the idea that any trader is gonna have like an edge over the fucking CIA in information on what's happening in Ukraine is just a joke. So honestly, it's like if you think there's a real chance, then de-risk. If not, go about your normal shit and you're probably gonna be fine. You know, I mean there's always gonna be outlier events, but I think honestly, like of the macro news, the other thing is the Canada stuff, that to me is like a much bigger thing, especially for crypto. Um, is what happened in Canada, which uh, if people don't know, they announced that uh, if, just quick back, I'm sure people have heard like they have these trucker protests for the anti what vaccine mandates and like lockdowns and all this stuff. And uh, basically people were protesting and across the whole country, including truckers, yada, yada, yada. And they were blocking bridges and roadways and stuff. And so now uh, Trudeau and members of like Canadian Parliament and the finance minister said that they're going to start cracking down on Canadians who are protesting and they're going to start freezing bank accounts uh, as a way of deterrence. And then they also there was a GoFundMe with like nine or ten million dollars in it uh, that was like donating to truckers and stuff that got pulled. Um, and so it's kind of like a wake up call of like, Hey, this is like a major country that is just basically saying, we're going to financially manipulate people into doing what we want. And that's, that's probably the biggest endorsement of Bitcoin that we've gotten the last year, quite honestly, is Canada doing this. What do you guys think? A lot of, a lot of Bitcoin bulls coming out on that one, uh, talking about that. Um, and yeah, like <clears throat> It was like a crypto community rally because even people who like don't really care about Bitcoin that much were like, like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to buy Bitcoin just to spite Canada, you know? Yeah, at least it's an endorsement. Um, Yeah, and like obviously you see what's going on with Canada and there's other nations too having similar protests. Uh, But also it seems like I was was just going to touch on this too. Like there's like this almost like geopolitical macro bid for for Bitcoin right now. you know, whether it be starting from El Salvador to, uh, you know, Russia has kind of been showing a lot more green lights towards crypto and Bitcoin. Um, and uh, and now Canada kind of accidentally endorsing it, I guess, or, uh, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. And obviously there's other nations, too, that like even like small, like I know, like Nigeria is a big component of it and like other South American nations and stuff like that like uh i don't know it's interesting to see um it, it's almost like a anti you know obviously we know it's kind of anti-dollar like anti-western financial system sort of structure type thing uh but um i wonder if it's just like even deeper than that too where it's just like i don't know you know just like power and yeah i mean it's anti-fiat right it's like it's like back to like the old school original like bitcoin thesis of like what everybody talked about in the beginning years ago was just like it's censorship resistant it's uncontrolled by a government right not your keys not your crypto right that came from that you know that was like the I mean, original idea you, you look in history and nation states have always hoarded gold so it's kind of like the next yeah. step and and right? they've seized gold right like that's a thing that they've done too like the u.s did that in the 30s in during the great depression right they were seizing gold from people you know this is not some new thing 
Uh, I think people tend to forget if they've either never lived through it or if they think like, oh, things are good, you know, like, our government would never do that. It's like, you know, honestly, never underestimate the lengths the government will go to. You know, I, I think that's something that people always forget uh, when times are good, that how bad things can get where times are bad. It's even like, you haven't seen it in like, in like a non, you know, much less serious way, just within markets, right? When you're in a bull run, you completely like forget you have amnesia of like all the horrible bear market stuff and then it's like hey you know things don't go up forever and it's the same with like society you know society is not a straight line up there there are bumps in the road and i think right now we're in, we're in a bump in the road oh yeah totally yeah. and uh i mean I, f I feel like it's kind of it's kind of a wake-up call for a lot of people especially in america you know like we've had a real good man most people don't have a lot of problems in their day to day, and the fact that something like this is happening in Canada for your average person, you know, that's that's pretty close to the home. And I think it's kind of it might be might be triggering some people into thinking about like, okay, you know, like if Canada's doing it, you know, what, what's maybe it could happen in the U.S. too. Yeah, I mean, this isn't some like far away shithole country. This is fucking Canada. This is our northern neighbors that are doing this, you know? When it's like, if you think Canada does it, you think France wouldn't do it or Germany wouldn't do it or a lot of these countries. Of course they would. Of course they would, you know? So it's just, it's, again, I mean, hey, this is a, this is a victory for the Bitcoiners today because, uh, I mean, they, this is all they talk about, right? And it's true. And it's nothing like against Bitcoin. On your point, Dylan, I do think there's a lot of macro... Um, like pros and cons to Bitcoin right now, like, or I'm kind of conflicted right now. And again, let's not, we won't spend too much time on macro because none of us are experts, but there's kind of two sides that I've been thinking about on Bitcoin for like the next year or so. Um, the side that you said where it's like you have this push for sovereignty, this kind of anti-establishment movement. You also have like smaller nation states who are probably going to start adopting crypto. But then you also have, like you said, Russia and China, who potentially, you know, whether or not you know or think they are accumulating lots of Bitcoin um, is, is one thing. But if they are, the argument against it would be like, well, if China and Russia are using Bitcoin to their advantage, then will the U.S. try to crack down really hard? That's like my con. And that, and I don't have an answer. Um, I don't think anybody honestly has an answer of what the U.S. policy will be. But that's certainly an argument that could be but, made is that like if China and Russia are big on Bitcoin, will U.S. be anti-Bitcoin? That's almost like level one, though, like because then it's like if they're anti-Bitcoin, then don't they fall behind to the nations who are pro-Bitcoin? You know? No, because they're pro-dollar and their goal is to keep the dollar the top dog, right? Like a yeah, dollar. Yeah, but, but it's almost like a... a um, it might just be like a giving in type thing. Like, you know, this. yeah, I fuck me. I, I don't want them to do that. I'm not saying we should. I'd be, it'd be a really like, stupid even, mistake. But like, have, did you guys see I, the clip of the black rock guy saying like the, the debt is too out of control or whatever. And like, this is the end of, yes, the yes, I did. But yeah. yeah. Um, and there was a former fed governor that went on John Stewart's podcast this week that also kind of said the same thing. Uh, that said like, yeah, you know, you kind of print money out of thin air and it, you know, it's not sustainable. I, I was watching that too, uh, the other yesterday, but, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly. I'm just saying you think maybe that at, if they're supporting Bitcoin, maybe they're maybe not like, giving up on the dollar but it's just like maybe they just have to plan for the other alternative too you know it's i like, think well, it's probably too late at this point right i don't think they can 
if they were gonna ban not that they would ban bitcoin but like if they were gonna do something rash they probably would have had to do it already i don't know but i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe i'm just because i'm in crypto i have like you know rose color rose tinted glasses but but i, I was gonna say though I, i'm adding to what you just said too like like the black rock guy uh he you it's it's interesting to hear non-crypto people say that because you hear bitcoin guys say that and it's like okay bro sure like all right cool uh bitcoin standard got it but like when you hear somebody who is actually deep in the trenches of the actual like you know the, the behind the scenes and the financial uh infrastructure and in the dc realm probably too you know it makes you think like shit maybe we are testing the waters here like in a big way that we don't know i don't you know who the hell knows what that looks like i don't know but uh, kind of a little bit a lot of speculation there so yeah all right Let, let's move on from macro because obviously we're not experts but it i mean it's something that like i don't think anybody's truly an expert in macro um and i think you have to be aware of this stuff and you do have to think about it and that doesn't necessarily mean it should affect your day-to-day -day trading decisions but it should probably count i, I do think it should affect your you know longer well, term like two or three year thesis but, stuff for sure but also like it's kind of part of the Bitcoin narrative now, like both the fact that it trades like the NASDAQ or high beta tech stock, but also like the fact that the geopolitical thing, like, you know, last year people said Bitcoin was a inflation hedge. Well, it's like, well, not really. You could have just like outperformed it by buying anything else, like even freaking Apple or whatever. Right. So did, was it really an inflation hedge? But now the narrative, you know, like Bic or excuse me, Sue kind of talked about this, like the, morphing i forget what he called it like morpheus or something kind of nature of bitcoin where it like adapts to the narrative people mm -hmm. you know present to it uh, and ethereum kind of does something similar um to a lesser extent but yeah maybe that you know it feels like that's what's going on right now where it's like okay this isn't really an inflation hedge well what how do we sell this fucking thing then well i think not well, not really though, but like not how you sell it, but also like if nation states are now actually trying to accumulate it and they are also believing in this sort of, you know, whatever Bitcoin standard sort of thing, then that becomes a narrative itself, right? So anyways, a little bit of a long-winded ramble to say like it is now kind of part of what is driving Bitcoin. So it's all, it feels worth talking about yeah the narrative thing is always like very interesting um like ethereum is a good example too like ethereum used to be the world computer that was like the original thing back in the day and then it became like uh like ultrasound money you know like all this stuff that people talk about now like, oh okay now ethereum is not a world computer now it's ultrasound money and now it's whatever and there'll be another one next year and like there's always gonna be new narratives i think for bitcoin the ultimate narrative is just like it is up to this point the most decentralized sovereign currency in the world. Now, whether or not people actually spend it is kind of a different thing. We'll see if they will in the coming years. But at least as far as, or I should say probably store value, it's it's the most sovereign self-custody decentralized store value, even more than gold, because obviously the problem with gold is the physical aspect of it, right? And so that's what I would say is like the biggest narrative for Bitcoin. And if you're in an unstable world, that's pretty good narrative to have behind you is this thing that like, hey, a nation state can't just steal from you or freeze your account or any of that shit, right? You have control over your money. Um, but yeah, we'll see.
Um, all right, let's move on to Cosmos ecosystem. Um, lots of stuff going on. Uh, where do you guys want to start? Because obviously we have Cosmos itself. We've got here, Mike's got uh, the whole ecosystem map up here. And then we've got like the Juno swap airdrop, which a bunch of people made money on. Uh, Evmos is coming up. Where, where do you guys think we should start? Probably, okay, for people that are not familiar with Adam, probably give like a little... Uh... Yeah, go for it. You want to do it? I feel like you've, you've been diving into a lot better than me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I do I dove into Evmos this week because uh, we had to write a thread on it and um, or last week I guess. But um, yeah. So Cosmos is essentially it's it's like what they call like layer zero, right? And it's the inter IBC inner blockchain. No, what is it again? Sorry, I forget. Communication protocol. Communication protocol. That's right. Inner blockchain communication protocol. And uh, the idea is that exactly what it sounds that it's it's it, it Cosmos itself is not like an avalanche, for example, where it's like just another L1 that operates differently. Uh, it's trying to have L1s built on top of it and be able to interconnect all of these different things. Which, if you read uh, Vitalik's Endgame uh, blog, which I recommend people go read. Um, he kind of talked about how he sees something like Cosmos being the end game of what crypto is. Like his thing is not cross chain, but multi chain, um, which or, is or a, other way around, other way around cross chain, not multi chain. Is that what he said? Cross chain, right? Yeah. Cross chain, not multi chain. Yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Anyways. Um, and basically the idea that like, that he says like the biggest vulnerability is when you're trying to go between these things, right? And he said like these bridges and all of this, and obviously we just had the major wormhole hack, um, that that's like the biggest weak point. And that th there's some people who see the future of uh, blockchains as being in this constant communication with each other, where you'll have like Avalanche, ETH, Arbitrum on top of ETH and Solana over here, and that like the user will be doing a transaction, and on the back end they might not even know what chain or what they're using to operate with. And he kind of said, "And eh, no," he says that's probably going to be really insecure. And like I don't want to say that would never happen, but I think we can all imagine that's pretty far away if it does. Uh, he said the more realistic thing is that you will have these like isolated chains for specific use cases. Um, and that's kind of what Cosmos is. Cosmos is basically a lot of different chains all built on top of the uh, Cosmos SDK using the inner blockchain communication protocol, uh, if that makes sense. And so a couple of examples would be like, what well, we've got Osmosis, we've got JunoSwap, we've got Evmos coming, Evmos being the uh, EVM, the Ethereum virtual machine that will, uh, once it launches, allow um, like Avalanche or Phantom or any of the e other EVMs. And then, of course, Ethereum itself, all of those dApps to be interactive, uh, or I'm sorry, interoperable over on the uh, uh, Cosmos ecosystem. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's, if if Cosmos succeed, succeeds, which is a big if, honestly, like I'm, I'm I'm bullish on the ecosystem, but like everything, it has not been tested. It had like like for what it's going to do, it's going to need to be able to handle a ridiculous amount of users well, and transactions and all this. And it, we don't know if it's actually going to. Well, work. But if it does, it'll be a game changer for crypto, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and like you can see, like Vitalik's kind of. Uh, 
talking, referencing Cosmos more and uh, kind of talking about how like basically the future of ETH looks a lot more like Cosmos plus shared security. But so what I was going to say was, um, you know, yeah, like all these different chains like Juno and Osmosis, they're and Evmos, they're different layer ones. They're their own layer ones on Cosmos, right? Um, so, uh, you know, it has some interesting dynamics. Obviously, David mentioned, you know, uh, I guess how, we'll see how, how that gets battle tested. But I'm, I'm curious, like, I guess, like, you know, how that's going to, how the ecosystem is going to develop and like how the Adam native coin is going to do, you know, a lot of people ask, how is the value accrual going to come back to Adam? And it seems like an unanswered question to this point, but uh, yeah, like, you know, um, you know, we see stuff like Luna and like even Crow, but nobody talks about Crow. Uh, the crypto.com network is on Cosmos Hub as well. Uh, and uh, Osmo. Too. Yep. Osmo, Juno, you know, like point being, um, what what's gonna what's gonna happen with the atom token and then what are gonna be the most successful chains on there outside of the ones that have already you know i guess kind of proven themselves like luna and bsc so. yeah what do you guys thought on the atom token because personally i've been researching a little more as far as is this something i want to own or do i want, care more about the ecosystem because like if you look at like avalanche or solana for example a lot of people went and bought like ecosystem tokens when they had their big run and that was a mistake uh, some of them did well, but like, especially like Solana, for example, Solana completely ripped while all the ecosystem tokens did jack shit. Right. And then you only want to be in the eco in the like very early stages. Like right, that. right. Like Avalanche, for example, Trader Joe popped right in the beginning, right as Avalanche was going up. But once Avalanche hit like what, 40, 50 bucks, that was probably the top for Trader Joe for that run. And then Avalanche proceeded to 3X from there while Joe did not. And that was the case for a lot of the other eco tokens too. And that kind of seems to be the trend. Like if you look at the uh, the Luna Terra ecosystem as well, a lot of those coins have really performed poorly, even when Luna went to like $100. Um, I think that will be different with Cosmos. Uh, the problem with Cosmos, or I should say Adam, the token, is just that there's not a whole lot of value accrual there. Um, I'm not saying that it won't go up. I think it definitely will go up as the you know ecosystem grows. But I think that you're just much better off ROI-wise as like trying to make bets on like Osmo or Juno or a lot of these things versus owning uh, Adam. The only reason I have a little bit of Adam is just because I stake it so that I can get a lot of the airdrops that are coming out. Um, and that's probably the best strategy is like own a lot of just a little bit of like Juno and Osmo and stuff like that and uh, stake all of them because then you'll qualify for a lot of these airdrops that are coming out. That'll probably be a decent ROI. That's that's what I'm doing right now. Um, what, what do you what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm I'm with that strategy. I think I mean, it depends on your time horizon, right? Like, if you have a, a multi-year time horizon, I think owning Cosmos for the airdrops is going to pay. It's the ROI is going to be there. Yeah. So I don't think it's bad to own Cosmos, and you know they'll probably. I mean, aren't they working on their tokenomics to try to make the give it more value? So I feel like they might figure that out. They are the, the only challenge with the tokenomics yeah. is that it has a decent inflation rate. So it has an inflation rate that can go up to twenty percent a year, um, and then on top of that. Um, the gas fees needed, which is basically the main purpose for Adam, it, it's not that expensive. You don't need to spend that much Adam. You know, like one Adam, which is like whatever, 20, 
seven bucks or whatever. I don't know the price while we're recording this. Roughly thirty bucks, call it. Uh, will get you hundreds of transactions, right? So you don't need to own a lot of Atom for the gas purposes. So what is the other value capture that they're going to be able to bring uh, for the Atom token? That's kind of the big question. Right. You know. So I'll go on. To- oh, I was just going to say. Um, so actually, first off, for our listeners, um, there's a really good video with uh, Taiki and Altcoin Psycho, who's a big uh, Cosmos proponent, and some other uh, Cosmos influencers uh, on YouTube the other day. Um, maybe we can leave that link in the sh- show notes below, but uh, I was a good Yeah, listen. I'll link it. And um, what I was going to say was one of the problems they brought up on this topic was uh, like, so, you know, People are saying Adam's going to fix their tokenomics. It's been a bit. What happens if the the ecosystem gains so much value while they still haven't figured that out? You know what I mean? Like, what happens if Juno and Osmo and Emos are all these you know multi billion dollar protocols and Cosmos is still in the same spot it was five months ago? Uh, it's it's not a great look. You know, it, it, it's also like potentially bad for Cosmos long term. Uh, Yeah, uh, I could see a a very real scenario where, say, the whole TVL of the ecosystem, like 10, 20 X's from where it is now, because obviously it's in its infancy, but Cosmo or Atom itself maybe goes to like 50 bucks or something, right? Maybe it pulls a 2X while everything is 10, 20 X. And that's fine, of course. I mean, hey, 2X is better than nothing. But like, you know, I think there's definitely... The, the challenge will be, you know, picking the winners in the space. So, like, I'll, I'll talk about Evmos for a second because I just did a deep dive on it this week. Um, Evmos is the EVM that will basically allow all of the the uh, dApps over on Ethereum and all the other EVM chains, like I said, Avalanche, Harmony, Phantom, everything, um, to interact with Cosmos. And... They are doing a very unique, Mike, I actually sent you a link to the rec drop thing. Um, they're doing this unique like token thing where they're doing what's called the rec drop. And it's basically a giant, giant, giant airdrop to so many different people. Uh, obviously, like Atom ecosystem users, um, they're doing Osmo ecosystem users, Ethereum DAP users, people who got participated in some of the different rug pulls that have happened in DeFi. So they're, they're trying to like basically make a lot of people happy with this airdrop. Um, and I think it will be a big success. But the problem with the tokenomics of it is that it's designed and it's totally fine as far as like their long-term goals. Because remember, when, when, when these guys are building these things, they're not thinking about, oh, what's going to make money in the next two months they're trying to make tokenomics for people that like are going to make their protocol succeed over the next five years and so the problem is that uh evmos the the reason uh cosmos is unique is that to pay gas on evmos you use the the evmos token right instead of using atom or something else like that um so they're going to be issuing a lot of this Esmos token, very similar like how Ethereum did in the beginning, right? Where it was highly inflationary. And I think that quite frankly, the strategy when this Evmos token comes out will be very similar to like what just happened to looks where it'll have that initial excitement and pump. It's probably going to go down over time just because if you look at the token emissions, um, the airdrop will only end up being... I forget off the top of my head. Do you have it up, Mike? I think it was like 10% of the total uh, tokens. You had it on the other article you were on uh, where it showed like the splits. 
like the end goal, I think the airdrop will end up being uh, 10% or so, uh, roughly. It's, it's some small percentage, right? And uh, But the unique thing is that they're actually going to be uh, paying users of the ecosystem. So you won't even need to necessarily like own and stake or like uh, invest in Evmos to get Evmos. Just if you interact in their DeFi ecosystem, you will be receiving Evmos. That's kind of the more uh, unique things about it. It's really interesting. I, I think I think it will be successful in bringing a lot of people on board and it could be potentially that light switch moment for the cosmos ecosystem because all of a sudden all these users that are isolated somewhere else are going to be able to come in like ave has already announced i believe or actually i take that back they have a proposal that's probably going to pass um that will bring ave over to evmos and i think a lot of other uh protocols are going to follow no i i agree like uh and Taiki talked about it like he thinks he, i think he said he wouldn't be surprised if evmos became the highest tvl on cosmos pretty oh, fast 100 percent, yeah especially yeah you know uh everyone's on evms right so i mean don't get me wrong i will say actually and i'm probably i'm the least uh i haven't used the cosmos ecosystem like you guys have uh although i've toyed around like i've been on all the apps but I, i've never bought or staked cosmos myself or used the kepler wallet like with any assets but I, i've i've dabbled enough to know that it looks very clean it looks great uh and i was actually um there's a umi airdrop and uh you just need to do some like test nut stuff so i was actually doing that this weekend and uh point being you know using the kepler wallet some more and you got to switch around on some different networks which was which was cool and that's a nice like seamless experience like whatever you can go from secret to osmo to blah 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 uh the umi network and um the thing i was going to say was although kepler's great it's uh it's a jump to get over there like you know even for me now like a lot of my assets are on chain on a lot of different evms so it's like okay like if i wanted to come over i would need to what would i need to do i could i guess i could go to luna if i wanted to avoid a centralized exchange and then get over there but otherwise i would need to go to coinbase buy atom send it to my kepler wallet you know what i mean it's just like sure with it, most i'm pretty sure you can just connect your metamask like, well, that's right. that's what I'm saying. Like before Evmos, it's a bit of a hurdle for me to jump on over to the Kepler wallet, right? Like, uh, it's not uh, that bad, but it, you know. An interesting thing: it will Kepler because the Kepler wallet is really smooth. Honestly, okay. I actually okay. like it better than MetaMask. Um, yeah, much better. If are they when Evmos launches, will Kev will Kepler have EVM compatibility? I haven't looked into that. I have not if, either. If they do that, I think they could seriously steal market share from MetaMask because I think a lot of people don't like MetaMask and just use it because it's like, you know, it's the biggest one. And it's kind of like the default, right? Um, but Kepler could have an opportunity to steal a lot of market share from them if they're able to integrate Evmos and then have like, once people get the Kepler wallet, right? And you have all these things because Kepler you, uh, operates with like, uh, Adam, Osmo, Seeker Network, a lot of other stuff that a lot of people probably are not super familiar with, even though they are like kind of quote unquote hot ecosystems that could pop over the next year or two. And if they are able to make that like bridge more seamless, not literal bridge, but metaphorical bridge more seamless, I, that would be a major, major game changer. We'll have to see. I'm not sure if they're doing that or not. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. But yeah, I mean, overall, like, 
I am definitely bullish on the Cosmos ecosystem. It definitely seems to be the narrative right now uh, in, in CT. Now, I'm not like super... AVAX gaming. Yeah, yeah. Like, like as far as like we, the main narratives right now, it'd be Cosmos, AVAX gaming. That's it. That's it. Maybe I think a that's, little... That's consensus. Like, yeah, I'd say like there's some like DeFi derivative options stuff a little bit, but that's pretty much it, honestly. I mean, there's no huge narratives just because everything's been down anyways, let's be honest. Um, so I haven't been jumping super hard as far as like buying a bunch of stuff in the Cosmos ecosystem just yet, just because I'm like, well, I'll qualify for a bunch of airdrops and that's kind of the way I'm doing it. Cause I'm like, okay, well, there's no risk there. I just get you for free. I'll take it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think it'll be something that probably in the first few months is not going to pop as much as some people think it will just because I think the overall market is a little, you know, I mean, we're in PVP mode, right? It's just like the people who are going to go to Cosmos are going to be people who are like already playing around in AVAX or Phantom or something. Um, I think the real test will be when we have another kind of run where a lot of new money comes in. Will that money go over to Cosmos? And if Evmos succeeds, I think there is a good chance of doing that. I think a lot of the Cosmos ecosystem is riding on the success of Evmos, quite frankly, being able to port all these users over. Um, I don't know yes, if I agree with yes that. And, yes and no. I mean, I think the Cosmos narrative is definitely, like, there's definitely opportunities there. Like yeah, similarly. I think it's a bunch of smart nerds who are over there right now. And but that's know. what I mean in the sense that like there are no normies on Cosmos. Okay. And and most of the people on Cosmos are like people like us who are fucking in this 24-7. I, I don't think there's that many people who are not like CT people in Cosmos. How how many like Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Why in, then you know? But that's what I'm saying. Like if that is true then doesn't that mean Cosmos is doing okay at least, or if not great, yeah, without yeah. without normie people coming in on yeah, EVMs? No, no. On the fundamentals and development side, 100%. On the return on investment, um, we'll see. I mean, I know like I know there's been something like obviously yeah you have the Juno thing popped up the Juno airdrop was great and that's been really good for people but like I mean look at the co Adam token itself right I mean it's with all this narrative it's it's down right and so my point is there will always be like isolated things that have done well but I'm saying like overall if you look at like TVL Adam TVL or Cosmos TVL needs to 10 20x for it to really like be up there with the big dogs and we'll see if it happens. And I think the easiest way for that to happen is if Evmo succeeds and is able to draw a lot of that capital. That's, that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. I mean, it ever, it's, it's doing really well right now. Like, obviously I, I was just going to say like the, the cosmos coin has been the last thing you wanted to be holding this whole time. Uh, in terms of like all the eco plays have done a lot better. So uh, I don't know. I don't really have a reason to not believe that at the moment. It seems like that's just going to continue. Um, but I mean, that, that, Mike, might be, that might be fine. That might be fine. Mike, you've been probably the most bullish out of the three of us, I would say, on the Cosmos ecosystem and like IBC. Like, what do you think as far as between these different protocols? Like, which ones do you like most and do you think are going to perform the best? Uh, well, First thing about the whole normie thing, 
I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, just because it's like outside of NFTs, like what chains are like? Could you argue like the normies are on chains outside of NFTs? Like, I think Avax and Solana definitely have normies. Yeah, I think Avax does. Yeah, I mean, like time was like on TikTok and shit, right? Like, I think there's. I'm not saying it's like a mass amount, but I think Avax and Solana did get somewhat of like the more normie retail crowd to go over there. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, and then obviously um, NFTs, like you said. So, just in terms of like so Cosmos plays, Juno definitely. Um, Juno is a good one. I think Somalier. How do you how do you pronounce this? Somalier, sir. Somalier. It's, it's French. Somalier. Okay. I think this one could be good. This one's ran a little bit already, and then one that I think we were meaning to talk about this Umi. It's cross chain. I think we're going to start to see a lot, of, a lot of lending, uh, lending like this. our own lending. Yeah, I think we're going to start to see a, uh, this one actually just launched our mainnet today, I believe. I think we're going to start to see a lot of uh, a lot of crossing DeFi st stuff start to pop off, like Burrow swap on near. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is where we're going to start to kind of see the um, cross chain start to really catch bids where it's like okay well oct hasn't really been performing but now you're gonna have ibc start to come in and enable a lot of these things where it's like okay well you can start the borrow against your stake position on this chain and then do od stuff on other chains so um it's an interesting use case and i think like stuff like this will start to do really well so yumi's one i'm super bullish on there's also a uh, bitcoin bridge on cosmos that's in testnet i forget the name off the top of my head but that could we were, we were talking about earlier with like you know like what's there really to do with your Bitcoin and I think if they can start to bring over a lot of that value onto the Cosmos chain, that could be another big catalyst. So. Yeah, like I, I'm not big on Bitcoin DeFi right now because I mean all there is is Stacks, and personally, I've been watching Stacks for like a year now. Uh, not super impressed. Um, obviously, they haven't really captured a lot of you know attention from Bitcoiners. Um, the only thing with Bitcoiners and a lot of people have talked about this is like, they don't like anything that's not Bitcoin. So like, they don't want a token for anything, which is not fair at all. But, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe if like some cosmos thing is able to build a Bitcoin bridge that is like extremely secure and branded in a way that Bitcoiners are like, yeah, we'll use it. Hey, I mean, Bitcoin is the biggest asset in crypto still, right? There's hundreds of billions of dollars there. If they can capture just a small percentage of that, it's it's going to be one of the biggest TVL things in all of DeFi. Like, I, I am excited about Cosmos because, I mean, you guys know I'm like a DeFi nerd. That's like the thing I like most in the space, uh, even if it underperforms. Uh, I still, I'm still a DeFi maxi. Um, I think like long-term DeFi is like the number one thing that will come out of crypto over the next like five years. Um, but... You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Umi, we, were, we you didn't mention Burrow. Um, could you explain Burrow a little bit, Mike? Yeah, it's the borrowing and lending on, I believe, near. It might be raw, but... But it's IBC much. compatible, right? Yeah, so right near, now... Near, yeah. Near, okay. Yeah, so they right now, they're in Testnet. I think they pushed their main that. And they right now have Solana and Luna in the pipeline. So, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, we have forgot to totally forgot about to talk about secret privacy privacy yeah. chain. I feel like secret 
is, and to your point about the uh, normie adoption, I mean, they have a pretty decent NFT ecosystem going right now. It's been a little under the radar. Like Quentin Tarantino launched his NFT project on there. They have that Anon's NFT that has been doing really well. And um, I mean, with the whole Canada stuff and the macro environment, uh, privacy definitely been something that a lot of people have been uh, concerned with. I think it was like Rose too. Rose was catching a bid a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Secret could be that uh, that L1 chain. That, and especially with things like what's launching? Uh, the one, the job that we got screwed on, uh, Shade. Yeah, Shade soon. Protocol. Yeah. yeah. So we have, they have Shade launching and then they have the NFT market. So it's like, if that starts going off, then we could start to see a lot of people starting to uh, come on. No, I mean, I think if Secret succeeds, like, you know, lots of people talk about like Tornado Cash and, you know, you've obviously had like Monero and Zcash and all this stuff. Like, fun fact, I was like a Monero maxi, not maxi, but I was big in a Monero back in 2017. Um, I think at some point there will be a privacy chain that actually succeeds like majorly as far as like being one of the top 10 protocols out there. Um, and Secret very well could be it. Uh, Secret's team is gigabrain. Every time I listen to one of the interviews with one of their, their founders or, or lead devs, like these guys have been working on this for years. This isn't some new thing that, that just popped up. Um, and it's IBC. I, it's intera- It works with the Kepler wallet, which is good because obviously they're going to be able to get a lot of users just through that. Um, I, I, I really like Secret. I think it's one. I think it actually is one of the. Like I know the L1 narrative is kind of dead, so to speak. But if there were to be like an L1 that I think will have juice at some point when things pick up again, I think Secret will be one of them. I think it will be a performer. Yeah, totally. And the thing is, too, I mean, if you think about like NFTs, it's kind of it's kind of funny that like NFTs could be the catalyst for privacy. But if you're a big company coming into the space, right? Like you can't, and you have these. Let's say you're bank account or whatever your wallet with all your cash and nfts you don't want just you don't want people being able to peer into that like if you're a major corporation you don't want people to just be able to be like oh yeah. look nike has whatever 50 million dollars in nfts or some shit in their wallet and look at that guy. Yeah. did you guys see that thread this week that that guy wrote that um he was the head of some like some project i forget exactly what it was but basically, this guy had like $150 million on his like .eth address. And he showed like this elaborate like social hacking attempt that almost worked on him. You guys know what I'm talking about? Did you see this? Um, anyways, but I'm sure people have seen it. Um, we can we can find it. But um, the this guy had like $150 million in Aave. Um, I did see this, yeah. Yeah, you saw it, right? And uh he basically wrote a thread on these guys. He's working on some like, what, what was it, Mike? It was like some defense, like NFT project or something. I, f- I forget exactly like, what it military was. Military-related like, thing. But anyways, cool. yeah. um, that, that's besides the point. That basically these these like social engineer hackers found his fucking address through his .eth name and saw this dude has like $150 million in Aave. And they came this close to basically jacking his shit and people can find uh, we'll, we'll i'll put a th- uh, link to the thread in the description people should really read it it's like a very good example of like how smart hackers can be on the social engineering side um but basically they found him because he had it public on his .eth address and it's like yeah probably not that smart to have like your name be like oh david.eth has 
$150 million. Please come target me and get me. And at least in his case, it was just like people trying to trick him. Let alone it could be like, oh, let's just find this guy in real life and fuck fuck his life up and have him give us his address, you know, his 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 uh seed phrase. Like that's the type of shit where I a hundred percent agree. Like it's kind of crazy that w- I, I do think we'll look back and be like, man, we really just had like all this shit public. Like I can go look at anybody's address and just see all their transactions, all their net worth, like everything. Right. It's, it's kind of insane. Um, I, I think that will not be the case like five years from now. It's going to be, it, it's going to be whether it's secret or something else, there definitely needs to be privacy, you know, like as much as like we want the open blockchain, you still need to have private transactions and private banking. Like imagine like telling like the average person like, oh yeah, like your entire financial history and like net worth is going to be available for anyone to see at any time, you know, like you're like, fuck that. Yeah, totally. And, and, and again, back to the NFT thing. You know, the board apes getting their shit stolen has definitely been memed, but it is a real concern, right? When you think of these people holding six-figure assets and everyone can see who it is. And, and like, secret enable, it doesn't have to be where it's like, okay, I have this board ape, let's say, in, in theory, or in this hypothetical scenario, on, the board apes are on secret, where it's like, hey, you don't just, it's not like just, it's all anonymous. Like, people can't, like, find it. It's more so I can... I can enable who can view and see these things versus like, oh, it's just completely off the blockchain. I'm trying to hide it from the government. There's that's kind of the distinction, which is if if you looked into the the Tarantino NFT project, it's something similar where it's like, okay, he doesn't want just everyone to be able to view these clips from the film. It's more so the people owners can disclose, okay, they can choose and they have the option to keep it private or who can view it. That type Mm -hmm. of thing. So. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as privacy goes, like, obviously a lot of people talk about tornado cash. There's also like, you know, is it a, is it a fed operation secretly? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting because there's, there's, it's really two contrasting like philosophies, I guess you could say. And I do think the privacy will win out in the end because I think it's just pretty insane to imagine a world where everyone's just their financials are just public like for anyone to see i think that's pretty insane um but yeah it's also not an easy problem to solve because like the whole thing is that you have this public open ledger and so if you start obfuscating things um it gets a little complicated but obviously that's the whole challenge that secret has uh essentially solved so they say um anything else in the cosmos ecosystem that we want to talk about I mean, honestly, there's so much uh, to cover. Um, I, I recommend people just go and, and research and dive in. Like, it, it's it's worth learning about. You've got, like, stuff like Akash, right, which is, like, this, like, decentralized cloud computing thing, DVPN similar, which is decentralized VPNs. Um, there, there's so much shit. There's so much. Yeah, yeah uh, maybe on. maybe one more thing. I mean, I know Dylan did a deep dive on the UST potential defagging. People might be wondering about that a little bit if we want to cover it. Uh, I know we're coming Ooh. up on time a little bit, but it'd be an interesting topic. Let's do it next week. Let's we'll do deep dive because I, I did a deep dive on it too, me and Dylan. So let's talk about the uh, the Luna House of Cards. Will it stay stay steady or will it fall apart? Let's, yeah, we'll talk uh, about that another time. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be fine for for a while, but uh, you know, definitely some some potential risks there. But anyways, uh. 
Yeah, what we touched on Evex Gaming. Kravata's been doing really well. I, I did want to say hey, like, Decal, you had a good week. Decal, uh, talked yeah. about it last week. Yep, uh, Mike t- touched on Magic, which is having a great day today. Actually, I think it's up 25 30% today. But uh, uh, I was gonna say, yeah, like uh, I just saw um, Kravata was doing, I think, like 12% of the total transactions on Avalanche in the last uh, hour before we hopped on this pod. So, um, you know, Kravata's just doing great. It seems like it has a lot of pos- positive sentiment around it. Uh, doing a lot of volume. People are really enjoying it. Uh, I saw it's like it's coming up on Axie and Jewel in terms of volume and stuff. Uh, or DeFi Kingdom. So uh, just something to, uh, you know, keep your eyes on. Or if you're already involved, uh, you know, congrats to, to everybody. Uh, snim snimming. So anyways. Uh, I'll say yeah. on Magic. It's giving me like early DeFi Kingdoms vibes right now, where it's like you're starting to hear some people talking about it. It's like simmering, but a lot of people are like, ah, I don't know about this. And and I remember specifically, like, I think we, our friend told us about DeFi Kingdoms when it was less than a dollar. And then I waited until it was like four something and finally got in. And it's like, I feel like that's exactly uh where magic is at like we're at like the the three four dollar range of jewel if that makes sense that's kind of the the sentiment i'm getting i don't know about you guys i agree Uh, honestly the thing with magic is that they have so many different like DeFi aspects like the curve lockup stuff and like the nfts and like tying everything nfts have been ripping i was looking at the prices on some of these today i couldn't believe it i mean these things have been ridiculous and they're all have been free which is crazy like if yeah. you had just dude, if you had been in on this super early you would have gotten i think like the small brains i think you could have gotten like two for free a male and female so you'd be up an eth and then they, they had their highest the sale was it today or yesterday? It was a free NFT, and I think someone sold it for like seven million dollars, which is just absolutely insane. Wait, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a legion. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean, just fucking crazy. Could you imagine getting something for free and selling it for seven million dollars? I mean, that's just like that's crypto, man. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Um, um, yeah, that, no, magic is yeah, magic's crushing. Yeah, I think it's probably the hottest player right now in Arbitrum pretty pretty uh firmly and uh yeah we we talked about it last week so hopefully we bought some uh yeah. but uh anyway we may uh, do like more of a deep dive uh and in, like a separate we're gonna probably do more non-just podcast videos in the future so we may do like individual deep dives on projects and magic will probably be one of those we should we should um, all right but yeah i think that's it i think that's all we got all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, as always, you know, subscribe if you haven't. We actually got a, quite a few new subscribers in the last couple of weeks. So thank you very much. We have uh, multiple new guests on. We are hopefully going to have the Tokamak founder on uh, either next week or the week after, um, as well as uh, Mr. Theta Tendies. If people know him on Twitter, he will be on in a week or two. Uh, so some good guests coming on soon. So we're excited about that. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, that's it. Peace out. T- Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening.